Good morning, phantoms. Good morning. It's the best A morning ever. Very delightful morning with wonderful, spectacular, great news. You're about to listen to an incredible, well, we believe it's incredible. Hope you do too. It is incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's an incredible chat with our friend Patrick Hines from True Crime Obsessed, who we have been obsessed with for... It's a dream come true. Because I've been listening to True Crime Obsessed and just all the podcasts on the Obsessed Network for years. And so we, I, little star st- starstruck, um, but it was so, so much fun. fun. And Patrick shared all about his new book, Failure is Not Not an Option, that's coming out in yeah. September. And he told us so many so ghost many. stories. So he's And haunted. we pontificated upon the grander scheme of life, the simulation, the glitches in the matrix, reincarnation, so many incredible yet confounding conversations. And we may have told Patrick about the ghost penis, as in we definitely told him. So listen ahead. Enjoy. And then don't forget to pre-order. Failure is not not an option. Enjoy. the least technically savvy person in the world and we have this like fancy studio that we had built like minutes before the pandemic started that I've never learned how to use so <laughs> I'm just kind of like pressing buttons and hoping for the best well it sounds so great. nice though yeah okay good yeah. Corinne and I have been recording from like our beds or the couch for five years and we A still have no time. idea we just got like fancy microphones or fancier we finally got like the same microphone that everybody uses I don't know why yeah. we didn't do this years ago <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like, I when we went had to go remote for the pandemic, I like that. I don't know how you all do it every week because for me, I could never adjust to the no matter what program you use, there's always some minor micro delay. And I guess yeah. like we did it for two years and yeah. we got used to it. But like, if for the beginning, every day, every week, I'd be like, Jillian, I hate this. I quit. I'm not going to make podcasts anymore. <laughs> so we have to do it. It's so Wait, funny. Did you find when you had to be in person, did you find making eye contact awkward? Because every time Sabrina and I are in person, we're like, ew, stop looking at me. Yeah, what? That, so I, I like now I will going forward because you mentioned it. <laughs> Um, but like we also like we get away with it because we have like we're in a small studio so we have like lights mm-hmm. and cameras and our computers and our notes so we yeah. can kind of avoid looking at each other if if, <laughs> like, if it's getting a little too datey yeah <laughs> don't look into my soul right totally. it is so that funny be because your new podcast is like the pod dates of podcasting like you're oh. just super close to whoever I, the guest is intimate totally. <laughs> when corinne and i started our podcast we had so many technological difficulties mm-hmm. that we were like i mean we say we're the most haunted podcast in america but we actually think we are, but in the beginning, we had so many technical difficulties that we were like, it has to be paranormal because we a would record percent. episodes and they would just vanish, like completely disappear. We had to re-record them yep. or, yeah. yep. or the be- audio would go for five minutes and then the rest of the 90 minutes was silent. We had to record. There was one episode we had to re-record. What was it? Like three or four three, times? Yeah. Oh my God. And it was such a funny episode too. 
And we were like, we were like, damn, what was that joke we made? How do we get that yeah, back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember all of our jokes. <laughs> Sometimes it's better. Like so we, we, Jillian and I had to re-record once, and I was like, actually, the second time was better. I'm like, should we do a dry run every single time? And she's like, no. But I started Absolutely out podcasting not. as like a fan, and so I was a big fan of Rebecca Lavoie and Crime Writers on, and then we became friends. And she's like an audio wizard, so whenever we would have like a major issue, I'd be like, I have to call Rebecca. One time she like got our audio back for us that was just gone into the universe and Rebecca saved it and I was like you are a witch I was just gonna say she sounds like a witch yeah witch wow wow that is I mean there's no other way to explain it yeah so I guess the the hexing can go either way like sometimes you can hex other podcasts and ruin their audio and then sometimes you gotta bring in the true witches to bring the audio back I'm telling you I'm just a bad luck charm all across the board (laughs) so we have heard that you're haunted yeah well i mean i've definitely had lots of like paranormal experiences okay please do tell us yeah we want to know every every little detail the so the first one i can't believe i didn't write about this in my book too because i'm you know when you when you like decide you're gonna write a quote memoir and it has to be funny i like you (laughs) scrape the inside of your brain for every funny story you've ever told at a party (laughs) Um, and I can't believe I never, t- I didn't include this, but when I was a little, this is really creepy, you guys. When I was a little kid, um, oh, this is so wild. I was uh, sharing a room with my brother and I'm six years older than him. So I was like, let's say I was 10 and he was four and we were asleep in our beds. They were like twin beds next to each other, separated by like a nightstand. And from my bed, like through the door of my of our bedroom you could see the top of the stairs Mm -hmm. like the you know the stairs coming from downstairs and uh i live in new york where most people don't have stairs so i'm like i'm just (laughs) connecting the dots for those of you who live in single story dwellings um and so i opened my eyes in the middle of the night and this old lady nun like a nun no. In a nun- no. Yeah. Shut up. I got chills. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like in, she was in a nun's habit. It was yellow. Oh. And she floated. I remember this distinctly. Floated into the room. She did not walk. I was not scared at all. Okay. I, um, wow. And I knew I was awake. I remember thinking like, is this a dream? Is this- No, that I'm definitely awake. Yeah. I sat up in my bed and she came and sat down on my brother's bed and motioned like this for me to like lie back down. And I laid back down and she was stroking his hair <gasps> and I fell asleep. So I told my oh mom. My gosh. That's- <laughs> I know. It was so crazy and i told my mom that story the next morning my mother 100 believed me we're just like a creepy witchy family my mom believes she's a lesbian tells you everything you need to know she believes in all the witchy crystally all of that stuff and i you know i was like totally believed and then my mom was always reading these like interesting books about like just my mom reads anything but like she was definitely into like Mm -hmm. spiritualism and whatever so she like a week or two later, I went into her room and there was a book, and on the cover was the face of the nun that I had seen. The same one. Same. Immediately, I was like, "Oh, mom, mom, that's the nun that I saw." And it's not like I had seen the book before and then had a dream about her, like, right? Because it, it was it was just the face. And my mom turned white because it was a book about the death crone. <gasps> what? 
Now, the Death Crone, according to legend, is like the, it's sort of like the Grim Reaper in like lady form or whatever. And she comes to you before you die. And my mom was convinced. Oh, no. I know. My mother was convinced that the Death Crone had come to like take my brother, essentially. And he's still alive. He didn't die. But like, that was my first. Isn't that wild? I know. Oh, my gosh. So many chills. If she was the death crone at at the very I'm so glad your brother's still with us. But at the very least, I like that she feels so maternal and kind and is like stroking someone's hair. You know, if their last moments are the way that they get marked for death is this really nurturing, warm moment, then that makes me feel better because – you know, you kind of think about like the Grim Reaper with the hood. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah, they're like chasing after you. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very peaceful. And I remember like being not scared. I remember like specifically, okay. I was like, my mom was like, were you scared? I was like, no, it seemed fine. But I also knew that she was not of this world. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, if like, a woman she... is floating into your bedroom, exactly. not really human. Exactly. So that was my first ghost story. And then all through high school, I had, I would have, oh my God, you guys are going to think I'm so weird. I know I'm in the right no, place. No, you are in the right place. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We've heard some weird shit. You we have experienced anything. some weird shit. Yeah. Really? We are very weird. So I used to take naps after school because obviously I was in the drama club. So Same. I would. Same theater kids, <laughs> exactly. And so we would have drama rehearsal from like six to nine at night. And so I'd come home from school and like take a nap for an hour or whatever. But I used to have I had sleep paralysis and mm. um, out of body experiences. So you okay? What are your astral? Yeah, because yeah, I I have been. I've astral projected quite a few times and now have you accidentally, but now I'm trying to actually tap into it and harness the ability. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's such a cool ability, but it's a bit scary. It's so scary. And like for me b- back in like my high school days, it wasn't so much that I felt in control that I could like pop out of my body and like float around the house. Cause otherwise I would just live in Ryan Phillippe's shower. Yeah. Right. It was <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> me too. Like, why, Meet you there. why else astral project if you can't go right to Ryan Phillippe's shower? <laughs> um, I you and was, I are the same here. Sabrina's like, oh, I'll go travel and see different cats. I'm like, I'm going to watch people shower. I want to go to Area 51. There's plenty of time for Area 51. We got to go to the boys' locker room and we got to <laughs> go to Philippi's house. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, it was more like I, I, I had the kind where... So the sleep paralysis was terrifying because that I, I, my eyes were closed, but I was awake and I could not move, and like yeah. that was like really terrifying. Did you and ever the, see anything or feel anything? I was just gonna say yeah. the um, there was one time that I remember seeing so vividly a woman from like olden times mm. hovering in my room, like doing work. Like I don't think she, I wasn't. She wasn't paying any attention to me, but she was definitely there. And yeah. either she was like a big woman in like what I would think of as like garb from like the 1700s and like with that fucking bonnet and everything. <laughs> and she was like either churning butter or doing some sort of like seamstressing work or whatever. 
That wow. was terrifying. There was another time that I, I literally popped out of my body. This sounds insane. And I remember um, going to like being so scared that I went across the hall to my mom's room and I, I was like pounding on her door and she opened the door and it was a big black emptiness. And I <gasps> took a chair no. from the hallway and like threw it in. So maybe that was a dream. I don't know. But like this was all happening when I was a teenager and the wow. out of body experiences happen all the time. When I was older, I would say like in my, in my thirties was when I started having more of the astral projection sort of thing where I would be falling asleep. You, you, you must've like had this where like you're falling asleep and you just feel like you fell into your yes. body. Has that ever happened? So to you? many times. Mm-hmm. And I was looking that up and that was sort of, they talk about that as like your sort of soul or spirit or whatever has come out of your body and that's it going back in. And I was like, well, I'm going to, I wanted to try to be more present for that because it is terrifying. And I wanted to like, I wanted, but I wanted to like do it. I wanted yeah. to like get to Philippi's shower yeah, if I could. Hell yeah. So like, <laughs> I remember one time I was sleeping in my, this was just a couple years ago and I could feel feel myself starting to like pull out and I this sounds so insane but I I remember being like half asleep and being like is this real is this real just go with it go with it go with it and I sort of remember having that sort of like feeling and then it scared me and I I, kind of just like woke up yeah I had a similar experience but I was fully out of my body was moving around my entire apartment complex and all of a sudden like a male voice in my physical body whispered wake up and my <gasps> astral self like sprung back into my body. And Who so I was, was like, I don't know if it was something trying to protect me. Like, Hey, you're leaving your body vacant for, yeah. I don't know, a demon to come take over. Well, <laughs> I mean, insidious. I immediately yeah. thought of the movie insidious, like something is creeping and trying to you know what, possess though? you, untether you from your body. Sir, does that mean you get to live in Philippi's shower? Because that's a <laughs> solid deal to me. Right? <laughs> Honestly, let the demon move my body around. It's you, you can know, have it. Life is hard. You can have it. <laughs> totally. You know, I've only I've only had an out of body experience one time, but my mom has had it happen to her a few times, and she said that she'll hear it'll be it'll feel like there's headphones over her ears, and it'll be like oh, a big God. whooshing oh. noise, and then she'll know that it's coming. And sometimes, Patrick, like you were saying, it gets a little scary, and she'll often try to fight it. But one time. I think multiple times she's let it happen. But this one specific time, it negatively affected me because she actually projected into my childhood bedroom when I was 13 and listened in on my entire breakup with my seventh grade boyfriend. Well, actually, let me correct myself. She went to (laughs) – she had no control over where she was going, but she heard me talking to him on the phone and then found herself in his house watching him cry and so she made it so much worse because she like saw all of the emotion who broke up with who all of the heartache yeah i broke up with him because he cheated on me okay yeah i know (laughs) that's but his heart was broken and my mom the next morning she was like man i had the strangest dream about your about your boyfriend and you guys were going through this horrible breakup and then she starts describing everything that was said and it was word for word it was like a printed transcript of our conversation there's just so much we don't understand. I know. I'm sure the things we were saying, too. I'm like so embarrassed that she overheard. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But wait, so your mom is like super witchy, too? Oh, yeah. Corinne's whole family. Yes. So when I met Corinne in college, I when she was talking about her family and her upbringing, I just like truly pictured 
a pot of witch's brew on the stove at all times. Like her, Corinne coming home from school. My mom does usually have a little simmer And her mom going, is like, so. welcome home. I got the concoction brewing. Oh my yeah, God. I grew up in Vermont and we <laughs> built our house. We know the family who owned the land before they sold it to the developers. And we know that that family has had it in their possession for generations and generations. Wow. Yet the house I grew up in was incredibly haunted. And a house down the street that was built, and these were houses that were built in like the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. The a house down the street literally had to have an exorcism <gasps> because they had vases and things being picked up and thrown. That is wild. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, we didn't have anything too wild like that in, in my house. Well, but no, you had a lot. I've seen some things. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot. Nothing that stuck around that's also, super negative. You know what makes me laugh, Patrick, is we talked to Natalie before meeting with you and having you on the show. And we're yeah. like, does Patrick have any ghost stories? And she's like, yeah, maybe a, a couple. And here you are, <laughs> extremely haunted. And I no, feel like I have we another just, one. Yeah, I feel like we haven't even gotten to all of them. <laughs> no. So the other, the this is the funniest one because it was so real. So what this was during the pandemic. And we, Steve, it's my husband, Steve, and I have a daughter. And we were like, you know, in New York City, like we have no outdoor space. They were locking yeah. all the playgrounds. They closed her school. So we knew we were going virtual. We, at the time, we were living in this tiny little apartment. And we're like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like we can't, <laughs> you know, we can't stay in Start New York. If, like we can't go outside. Yeah. And right. so we, we rented like a cabin in the woods, essentially. In That's my dream. Yeah. <gasps> Wait, where in Massachusetts? Amazing. Um, oh, uh, what was it? Was they said it was the Berkshires, but it wasn't. It was like near the Berkshires. It was, oh, fuck. Wait, let me text Steve. He'll know. <laughs> um, uh, but I, we, I live in Boston now, so I'm dying. I'm dying to oh, know. Oh, where do you live where? in Boston? Um, I'm in the West End. So I used to live in Beacon Hill and then I by the CVS. moved to the West End. Right by the scene. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know Boston. You guys have done shows here. Well, I went to Emerson, so I lived in Boston oh. for four years. And back then, we just we there wasn't a name for that neighborhood. It was just sort of like the neighborhood at the end of like the of Charles Street, right? And so now, I mean, what half the people call it the North End too? Because it, yeah, this was this is new. This is all built up. This didn't exist. Yeah, we were just driving ago. through there the other day, and I was like, "Oh, it's the North End." And then I saw the CVS. I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, <laughs> Shelburne Falls. That was the name of the town. Shelburne, Shelburne Falls. Falls. Okay. Okay. Super I'm gonna have cute. to get myself out there. It was really really nice, and, and it's and, a haunted inn or well, Airbnb. It, it was a haunted Airbnb, and the the ladies who live there they're lesbians. I'm like obsessed with lesbians, <laughs> and they were like, I wrote about this in the book where I was like, they were like the Rosie O'Donnell of les, like so lesbian. They canned everything. There was like chopped firewood. This is their dreamy. It was the absolute dream <laughs> for me. It was like every album was like a, an artist from Lilith Fair. All oh of their gosh. DVDs were like Thelma and Louise. It was just, it was amazing. <laughs> but so we stayed there and, and we, it was like this old cabin. And essentially what happened was the master bedroom was on the main floor and there was like a little, like a small little room that had like an old piano in it off the bedroom. And then off of that room was the kitchen 
And one morning, like one night in the middle of the night, like, you know, two in the morning or whatever, I woke up to go out and get some water and I walked past the round kitchen table. And as I'm approaching it, I was like, oh, there's an old man sitting at the table. <laughs> and he was like this old man with like in, a, in an army uniform and hmm. a, like a hat kind of pulled out. And he was legitimately, this ghost was asleep. And I looked at, I it, because it was a new space, it, it didn't seem weird that there was a person I didn't know, like, sitting, and it was the middle of the night. It just, it all happened so fast. Yeah. But I, I like, looked over, and I was like, oh, that, that man's asleep at the kitchen table. And I, <laughs> like, looked at him for a second, and then I, I looked away, and then I, like, kind of did one of those, and I looked back, and he was gone. And <gasps> it was, and I told Steve about it the next morning. Steve does not, my husband does not believe in ghosts. <laughs> he believes, like, dirt in a box, like, that's it. You get one go, <laughs> the and end. that's all. And then, right, and but by that old piano, all around it are pictures, like 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 ancestor pictures of like the women who live there. Yeah, and I fucking yeah. looked at the into the pictures, and I found the guy. I'm not no joking. Way, and so I this, I the amount of confirmation that you've had yes. in your ghost I know story I know. experiences too. And, Again, it's not like I had ever looked at those pictures and then I was like, oh, like, and then I had a dream about that. I right. never looked at them before. I'm like, the, and he was wearing the fucking army yeah. outfit with the hat and everything. Whoa. And so it was so wild because um, during the pandemic, I don't even know, I must have mentioned it on the on my podcast because somebody tweeted like, Hey, do you have? Does, are there any? Is there anybody out there with like pandemic ghost stories? And somebody tagged me in the reply. And so this woman reaches out to me and she's like, "Hey, I'm writing a story about pandemic ghost stories. Can oh. I interview you?" And I was like, "Sure." And she, I would just assume it was for like a blog or whatever. Like, but I was like, I, "What else am I going to do? It's the pandemic. <laughs> like, why not?" Fun. And I, yeah. I, I write. I said to her, "I'm like, this is the most, the world's most boring ghost story, but like, here it is, the New York Times." And so. <laughs> She writes the story. It's like not just me. It's like a, a handful of other people. But oh mine was the gosh. first story. This story never left me. I was interviewed by Rolling Stone. I was interviewed by like um, BuzzFeed News did a whole thing on it. Wow. Then, um, the New York Times has a thing where once a year they'll they'll actually draw like they picked mine. Like no this- way. <laughs> I bet this ghost incredible. this ghost had never imagined that he would be so famous, and here he I is. Know. I know it was so wild, and it was such a boring ghost story. But I'm like, it—I swear it happened. Like it was a real, it was a real story. But it's not boring. I mean, it's so interesting to me. And Corinne and I talk about this a lot on the podcast. It's like something like that almost feels like a glitch in the matrix, like where 100%. you kind of slipped back. There's a, a, you know, the timelines crossed, and you saw something that happened in the yeah. past. The same with the woman turning butter. You know, like that. I thought that yes. exact thing when you were talking about it. Like, what yeah. we're always like, what even is time? Like, yeah. it slipped. How, yes. how is it later? Yeah. I know. Right. It's funny. My friend Daisy Egan makes a podcast called Strange and Unexplained mm-hmm. on our network. And we were just talking about, we, we are both, she broke my brain talking about the, um, uh, now I'm going to, I always forget the word as soon as I'm about to say it. The simulation theory. Yes. You know, the oh, idea yeah. that like, this is all a simulation and they're like our ancestors, meaning like people like 5,000 years in the future are studying us. And, and like where, you know, like they're like, how did they solve? Oh, we're having a climate crisis 5,000 right. years in the future. How did they solve? Like whatever. Um, but then also the multiple dimensions of it all it's, is so. 
And it, it, honestly, it would answer a lot of questions. Like, yeah. where's Brian Schaefer? Like, all these famous, like, missing persons cases, you know? Yeah. yeah. I recently saw a TikTok of someone who put their AirPods down on their bed and went back to go get them and put them into her ears and like they weren't connecting to her phone. And she's like, that's weird. So she went to go put them back in and there was another pair in the case. And she was like, I literally just pulled this out. What is going on? And then she looks down and sees there's another, like they're basically, she has two AirPod cases and she's like, I'm poor. I don't know if I can't afford two (laughs) AirPod cases. And then, so she like goes to connect them both and they both are named i think she said like she had named it steve as a joke and they're both named steve and she's like oh my god there was some weird glitch things like that yeah so freaky i mean i totally believe it like i get super into all of those videos on tiktok of birds being frozen in the sky <laughs> oh my god trying to poke yes. them down and then they're yes. just like Yes. Everyone's like, where's the wire? Where's the wire? And oftentimes there is no wire. So I know. how do you explain it? You know, it's so wild too. Like speaking of TikTok, I started following this woman called Hospice Nurse Jackie. Have you ever seen her? She's amazing. No. Okay. And she's just, she's a, oh, you got to follow her. She, I like, she's what, you, this must happen. I'm to doing everybody. it now. Yeah. Is she the woman who showed people what people look like right yep. before yep. They di- yes yep. okay yep. Yes. and she's saying like i'm doing this with their permission and like it's not scary and you should see but she has all these amazing videos about the death stare and you know mm-hmm. oh she told this one amazing story about like basically she said there was this young man who was dying and obviously like that's what hospice is for yeah and she had been going back and forth you know she really had taken to him and so there was other nurses attending him but she wanted to like be there in his final days and so she was there with him when she you know she knew he was going to pass in the next 24 hours or so and she was driving home and she said that her entire like you this is one of her pinned tiktoks you can watch it okay she like i'm talking about how like she just had this moment where her whole essence was taken over and she felt this like this pure pure joy and she heard him say into her ears oh my god jackie it's so i'm gonna now i'm gonna cry it's so amazing if i had only known if i had only known i know i know i know oh my gosh you know it's like i like i I, i'm obsessed with this woman i like want to be best friends with her and she was also talking about um the death stare that like she's like this happens so often it's actually like something we have to study like we like we teach it in hospice care um, where she was saying that like a month or so before people pass, they start to see dead relatives or dead ha- like animals or yeah. friends that mm-hmm. like, and they, like sometimes they talk to them. Sometimes they'll be like, do you see her? Oh my God, she's right there. Like that kind of stuff. It's crazy. My grandma was, you know, I mean, a couple of months before she passed away was complaining of like a man in her closet and talking <gasps> about like seeing things and everyone was just like, oh, she has dementia. She's confused. And I, you know, maybe, but maybe she also was closer to the other side and was seeing yes. people. Yeah. You, you don't know. I know. Which I, I, Going back to the simulation, if everyone has the ability then close to death to see into these other dimensions and some people have the opportunity to once in a while, like you, Patrick, or or the two of us see a spirit. 
is that just because we were programmed wrong in the simulation? They <laughs> right? forgot to turn something off there? They gotta totally. recode us. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I love that they're like, let's fuck with the gay one. This will really mess them up. <laughs> <laughs> and give them a husband that doesn't believe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's so funny because like we'll talk to, you know, our daughter about like, you know, she's nine, so she's asking all those like big questions like, what happens when you die? And Steve will just like leave the room because he doesn't want to bum her out. And I'm like, <laughs> But I fully believe, like, in heaven. I'm not, like, a I'm not a religion person, but I'm totally yeah. a God person. Like, I a million percent believe in God. I a million... And, and, God, and whatever that is, you know? Yeah, like a higher power. Like, yeah. Like a higher power and the other side and that this has to just be the beginning. I'm working too hard for there not to be yeah. more than this. You know what I mean? <laughs> my God. Like, all my friends who, like, you know, like, go to their jobs and then, like, go home and drink and, like, watch TV. I want to do that, you know? <laughs> What's that like? I know. You're going to have like, so many experiences, I'm sure, with Daisy, too. Because totally. kids are just so open. Like, yeah. I have I have a lot of younger cousins. And there's been a few that have seen my dad's dad, who passed away when my dad was 13. Wow. And we had a really interesting thing happen a few years ago where one of my younger cousins, I think she was five at the time. She was just starting school. Her dog had passed away while she was at school and she was so upset at school and none (gasps) of the teachers knew why and she wouldn't talk to anyone. And then when her parents, my aunt and uncle went and picked her up, they were like, what's going on? Like, are you okay? And she was like, oh, I'm really sad because Rowan passed their dog. And they were like, oh, how do you know? And it's because the dog went and visited her at school (gasps) and explained to her what happened. And my aunt was like, so he told you? Uh, and she's like, no, mom, dogs can't talk. <laughs> and she like, thought my aunt was stupid. <laughs> but somehow she just knew. She was given the information from the dog saying, I'm not going to be there when you when you get back. Wow. Oh, my God. Isn't it's that, magical. Oh, I just thinking about it. I know. It All is. of this stuff is so fascinating. And there's just so much potential and beauty in it. I mean, also, there's a lot of scary stuff. I think, you know, Corinne and I um, have a sick fascination with the scary stuff. Me more than Corinne. But uh, yeah, totally. (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) No, I mean, like, do you believe in hell? Some sort of version of it. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really know. Like, yeah, I think we haven't committed necessarily because we both I mean, I was raised Catholic, but a lot of things happened in my life to make me not fully adhere to one belief or another. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like we're still just trying to figure it out. And every single story that we hear, it like adds another layer to yeah. what the hell is going on. But totally believe in sort of like the darkness and and the light. Right. And maybe it's not yeah. necessarily hell, but there are evil spirits and whether they were evil in this life and, you know, continued on or there's beings that are not necessarily of human descent. But yeah. recently we, uh, we had a couple listeners you know, when you think of the stereotypical demon, you think like possession, the exorcist mm-hmm. wanting to take over your body, whatever it might be. But recently yeah. we've been getting stories from people who are like, demons aren't all bad. And there's actually certain demons that can be helpful. And there's like one that t- helps take away excess emotion and help you process things. And I was oh, like, send where's her that over demon? Here. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> 1,000%. Welcoming that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, that made us go, huh. 
maybe this isn't. I think that we see evil embodied, you know? Yeah. Like, I think if you look at, like, a John Wayne Gacy or, like, a Ted Bundy, somebody who can, like, you know, murder 30 people and bury them under the house. Yeah. Or Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, I think there's definitely some kind of evil. Like, it's the kind of thing. It's so weird to, like, say it out loud. But, like, you know, you think of, like, a serial killer and it's sort of like there's there's they are 100% responsible for their actions right obviously yeah. like they they are responsible but there's something wrong with them you know there's something wrong mm-hmm. with them that that makes them have those urges and it's sort right. of like that'd be nice to figure out what that is is that of this right? world or is that like you know is that some demon shit yeah well Sabrina, your dad has. Oh, I was like, almost like my dad's a, a serial killer. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's he's like battling kind of yeah. with some sort of well, demonic past version of himself. This opens up like a you know a big conversation about reincarnation and past lives and future lives, and yeah, where are if if you believe in that, where are serial killers in terms of like their life span, reincarnation span? Because my dad. You know, he's had a lot of issues and my mom and now his new wife both have said he speaks another language in his sleep. And it's like no dark way. and like kind of scary. And he's done past life regression therapy. And he told me that when he was in the therapy, his entire demeanor shifted and became a bit like evil. And this other life came through and basically is trying to take over his current life. And this guy was pretty bad. I don't know necessarily what time period he was from, but when he lived, he, you know, manipulated people and was kind of a con man and stole money and potentially killed someone or multiple people. Yeah. God. That is, I mean, that is wild. You know, I believe in all of that stuff. And I I mean, I feel like I feel that in my own life. You know, there are people in my life that I'm like, we, we've been together for like, I feel that way about Daisy, you Mm -hmm. know, that like we've definitely been together forever, you know? And like Steve, you're traveling souls. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's so funny because I feel like Steve, I love my husband and my husband loves me so much. I think that he's ready to commit to like 60 to 70 years. I don't know that he's got eternity in him <laughs> with me. Um, and so I you think- were you were his test for this life. And you just have to pass One, and move on. One hundred percent. I think when Steve thinks about eternity, like with me, it overwhelms him. <laughs> That's why he doesn't believe in the paranormal. <laughs> 100. He's like, this has to be it. Enough is Take enough. Take me oh to the earth God. and leave me there. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but it's, it's wild, too. Like, on TikTok, I've been following this other woman whose name I don't know. But she's, like, really into... Um, like the planets and like the like what's going on out there with like the planets and the stars and yeah. how long the sun is gonna until it burns out and other like potentially inhabitable planets or inhabitable whatever the word is and like there's just so much out there you know what I mean yeah, there's I so know. much like and I definitely I'm afraid that like one day the astronauts are gonna bump up against the wall like in the Truman Show oh. you know. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, here's another thing that I saw on TikTok that has to do with space that really blew my mind. It was a video talking about, it was trying to help us conceptualize what a light year is and Uh how slow light actually moves through space. Yeah. And so they were basically saying like, if you, if aliens were looking at earth and they were looking through their telescope and we were 65 million light years away, what they'd be seeing through their telescope is actually 
dinosaurs. Yeah. They would not be seeing us because whenever you look around, it's in the past. And they were like, to, to bring it a little bit closer to home, the sun is, I think it was, it was eight or nine light years away or, or sorry, not light years, but, but the amount of time that a, the sun's, what happens to the sun in space that we would see it is yeah. eight to nine minutes. So if the sun were to just completely disappear, we actually wouldn't know until about nine minutes after it happened. Well, they oh, say that wow. about stars too. Which freaked like, me out. There yeah. are some stars in our sky that we see now that actually have died. Yeah. And oh, we won't wow. know. We won't know for years. That is so But so I guess it begs wild. the question, aliens that do have the, the ability to maybe – travel through space and time when they come and visit us what do they think they're getting versus <laughs> what they actually find <laughs> i love that like they they look through the telescope they see the dinosaurs they hop in their ship and like a day later they're like abort this is not what we thought abort. oh my god what Can are these terrible people <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean it's so, like the world is so and it it is kind of how like there, I have my moments where I'm like, none of this can possibly be real, right? You know, because it's just <laughs> right. It hurts your head. Mm-hmm. It just it's, it's so so I used unknown. To say, like I went into I li- when when we got you know when we achieved some success as podcasters and we were able to like quit our jobs and just do this full time. That level of success sent me into a, a little bit into a spiral where I had I like went into therapy because I was like. This can't be real. Literally, and I I said to my therapist, I'm like, you can't, we've got some kind of like thing where I can say things and you can't like lock me up, right? Like I can just be crazy in here. And he's like, yeah. Because I was like, this doesn't (laughs) happen for people like me. Like for me to be able to like, after having like going to college and then 20 years of jobs I hated and doing this thing as as a hobby and having it develop into like a career that like employs not just me, but my husband and my favorite people in the world. And I just get to wake up and do like this has yeah. to be fake, you know, <laughs> and like so like it, it, every time I encounter news about how the aliens will be seeing the dinosaurs, I'm like it's just confirmation bias that none of this is real. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> We're all just like pretending. It's just a game. Yeah. 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 That's it does what make I mean. You wonder it's a- too about your your past self too, because whatever happened in the past, you have amazing karma now in this life. Isn't now that you get right? to live it out, and you're like. I'm confused. What I happened know. in the past to allow me to do this now. <laughs> exactly. Like if if it's all based on the because going forward, like I don't know, the next guy is fucked. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> or who knows? Maybe the next life is like total enlightenment, and then can you imagine? I just yeah, want to be able yeah. to fly. You know what I mean? Can we have Same. that in the next life? I, I mean, that's fly. kind of astral projection, right? If we harness yeah, our exactly. ability to astral project, we can. Well, that's, that's basically flying. My other fear, I'm like totally afraid of heights. And in the apartment where I was like kind of starting to do it, we were on the eighth floor. I'm like, well, I don't want to go. I'll be too high. I won't enjoy it. (laughs) Wait, you need to practice astral projecting so that you can remove yourself from your body and present yourself to your husband. And then finally he will. Oh, my God. He will believe. I'll help you you out. Houdini tried to do that. Houdini and his wife, they tried so many different times. They basically were like kind of believers but kind of non-believers and so they would constantly houdini would try to astral project prove it. across ponds and lakes and have his wife say if she saw him or not and she never did in his in his living life but i she have did a have i have an idea 
Patrick. Tell me. Join me on this journey. We're going to harness this ability to astral project. We're going to work together. We're going to meet in the astral plane. We're going to come up with a big plan. And we will find a way to convince your husband that paranormal, the paranormal is real. And then we'll go to Felipe's, you know, go to his shower. shower. Yeah. We're going right to the shower. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my mom had a friend um, who was like a psychic medium and her name was, get this, Ruth Blood. And I know, jealous. I know, changing my name after this. Isn't that insane? She worked with um, like local police to help like solve crimes and stuff on Cape Cod, and she, but she took a class on the like in her astral form. So there was a class that was taught that you like literally would astral project to the classroom. Stop. No freaking way. Yeah. Who was teaching? I don't know. I was too young when I was a kid to like know to I I learned about astral projection like a lot of people from Lois Duncan books. Do you ever read the Lois Duncan mm-hmm. books like I know what you did last summer? There was a oh, yeah. book yeah. called yeah. Um, Stranger with My Face that was all about like astral huh. projection. And um, I had just oh. read that book and I was really obsessed with it. And my mom took me to meet Ruth Blood and she um, was telling me all about this class that she had taken on the astral plane. I want that to know is more about freaking this. freaking incredible. I know. I was going to say, I was just watching a video the other day where someone was saying that they were trying to astral project to certain areas that we're not allowed to go to. Like it would be like an Area 51. Yeah. And then like, there were guards on the astral plane chasing people stop out it. who were trying to stop astral project it. there. So I totally believe that you can take a full-on class and just live a <laughs> yeah. whole life in the astral plane. I'm like, screw Area 51. I'm going to the Oscars. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and sitting right next to Ryan Felipe. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. That is wild. There's See, just it so much. Like I could talk about this stuff forever, right? I know. I know. This it is why we have a podcast. A trampoline at the underneath the stars and just kind of like sink in i know look up and wonder well the other thing too is that like you know if we're wrong and this is it like no we'll never know you know what i mean right right yeah we won't yeah and it was fun along the way i know it's like that's the other thing that's so crazy to think about it's like wow you know the, the other thing too is that like it's if there is an afterlife if there is other dimensions why haven't we been able to prove it definitively i know know well, we we almost proved it because we were so Patrick, you found yourself in some well-established magazines and tabloids, <laughs> but we found ourselves <laughs> in the Daily Star because Sabrina's Bachelorette, we went to New Orleans and oh we god. believe we caught a ghost penis on camera. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Yes. Yes. We were in John Lafitte's yeah. blacksmith. Shop, shop bar, whatever. It's a, and, it's a long... And there's a fireplace that people have caught, like, photos of spirits in the fireplace. And so... Jean Lafitte's face. It's yeah, usually his it's face. It's usually his there's face. There's, like, so, him in this wow. non-working fireplace. There's, like, hardly electricity in the whole entire place. Yeah, they have very kind of crude electrical things to light up the bar and basically make the toilets flush in there. But so, it's, it's basically an old cave. Yeah, so Corinne wow. and... Corinne and my friend are sitting by the fireplace and I was just like taking a couple photos. You know, we were on a ghost tour and it was just like a middle of the tour. We stopped there. People used the bathroom. Um, So I'm taking some photos and I was taking most of my photos on lives just because I was like, oh, if something happens, I want to be able to watch the live. And we don't think anything of it. The next morning, I'm just looking through my photos and for some reason, 
There are two photos from that moment. One of them is live and there's nothing. The same, like within the same minute, a second photo is taken and it's not live. And I zoom in and there is a very phallic spirit looking like bluish, a little ectoplasmic dick. Dick. Right yeah. there behind <laughs> us. Stop. That is amazing. Yeah. And wait, who published this? The Daily, Daily Star. Star. <laughs> How did you get it to them? We didn't. Oh, they found it. They, they found, found it. We didn't. So we, got, we got tagged in it. And I was slight. I mean, it was amazing. But also, like, partially, we were like, what the hell? The we're first in a time, tabloid. The first and only time yeah. we've ever been in a tabloid. I think my first and only, as of right now, official quote in a newspaper is... We definitely saw a ghost's dick or something yeah. like that. Where I'm just like, oh, what? That Which is so one? amazing for us as a pop. Well, one, like the fact that we saw a ghost penis on my bachelorette, like so, yes, so right. appropriate. And then two, the fact that we're named two girls, one ghost. That is what yes, we should be true. known for, right? Oh <laughs> my god, that's amazing. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I was actually, but apparently in the national- we didn't prove anything with that. I've got. I need to see this picture. Where is it on your Instagram? Yes, but I'll yeah, send we'll it find, to you we'll, as well. We'll send it oh, to you. Yeah. Send it. I was in the National Enquirer once. Oh, like the fanciest what, what did you of like. Do? All, well, I, <laughs> this was when I was a kid. It's such a wild story. My brother, when he was like fourteen or something, ran away and he went to live with Tony Curtis, and like to, like like Tony Curtis, like the famous famous actor. How? Which is so. It's so weird because my mother was friends with his ex-wife. And so okay. somehow, like, my brother had gotten to, like, they were so friends. And, and Tony had gotten to know my brother a little bit. And Nick had gone to, like, stay with her and then and then went to stay with him. So basically, like, and it didn't he didn't stay there for long, but long enough that he, that Nick got to know to one of Tony's sons. And years later, the son died. And we were all invited to the funeral. And we went and it was when my somebody, my brother, my mother was introducing me to Tony Curtis and I was shaking his hand that like that that was the picture that they used on the full inside page of like front page of the National Enquirer for like to talk about like Tony Curtis's like dead son, which is really sad and morbid. But like there's oh, me shaking yeah. Tony Curtis's hand on the inside cover of the National Enquirer. Did you did you keep it? Do you have copies? I did. Well, at the time, this is so morbid. This is like nothing I would ever do now. But at the <laughs> time when we went to buy it, somebody told me about it, and we went to buy it, and the new the the guy at the grocery store made me autograph it and give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so awful. So then I had to like buy another copy, and I had it forever. I don't have it anymore. And I did try to look it up once, and I couldn't find it. But it, it wasn't like the front cover it was like the inside, but it was a full color photo. Oh my god! Isn't that? I mean, awful? I can imagine you were excited to autograph, autograph I it in oh that my moment, god. 100%. right? Hundred percent. I was like fourteen <laughs> or something. It was what a crazy story. That is oh, that so is funny. I'm just picturing this guy now, like has like a keepsake binder, you know? <laughs> what totally? totally. <laughs> yeah. What other stories? That's you're gonna find that on eBay. Their name I know. I know. I mean, I and imagine. I felt. I felt so famous in that moment. I was like, yeah. I would absolutely be happy to sign this for you. 
Did you write about this in your book? No. Now I'm like, now I have like more for book two. I keep, every time I have like an idea, I run to my computer and I have like a running Google Doc for book two, but I have to write about that in book two. Good. Okay. Well, Well, now you get to sign books left and right. Yeah. Your signature is everywhere. This is a great transition because your book comes out. Failure is not not an option, right? And we're so excited to hear about it and read it. Oh, thanks. So it comes out in September. I'm doing this like really wacky thing where I like I was too impatient for people to read it. So I just decided I would like do a tour where I would like go on tour and read a chapter. And it's really fun. Like so the book is called Failure is Not Not an Option because it's like 12 stories about like my biggest epic fuck ups and failures. This is my first official like interview for this. This is so exciting. We're so glad to have you. Yeah. Um, thank you for letting me talk about myself. So <laughs> we were hoping the, you the would. The idea was like, yeah, the idea was just to write like, tw- like the 12 dumbest, like stupidest things I've ever done. So there's like a chapter in there about the time um, I opened a home daycare that lasted a week and we like got rid of all of our furniture and got rid of everything. And I got licensed. It took a year and we wow. spent thousands of dollars opening this daycare. And we were so excited about it until the children showed up. And we're like, oh, that part. Oh. Then there, I remember on day three, literally like 7 a.m. sitting on the couch crying, being like, they're going to come. I know they're going to come. I can't do it again. Did you have Daisy at this time? Yes. Yeah. Daisy was 18. So at least one of the kids was yours. Yes. And I just wanted to like stay home with her. Like that was the whole idea. And then, like, but then other kids came and I was like, what are you doing here? (laughs) Um, And then there's like a story about. This is supposed to be a private session. Private daycare. Like, I'll take all your money, but keep your kids. And like, here, like, let me give it up to the daycare providers out there because, oh my God, what a fucking hard job. So much work. So much work. And then there's a chapter about when I was a senior in college, um, you know, B. Arthur from the Golden Girls, who I'm like obsessed with, who isn't obsessed with B. Arthur and the Golden Girls. <laughs> she came to my college for a weekend and I was her host for the weekend. Oh my gosh. And it was a fucking disaster. <laughs> she was just like a mean old lady who no. yelled at me the whole time. Oh, yeah, no. it was so bad. <laughs> and she's oh. like such a potty mouth on her. And she, oh, sharp tongue on, on B. Arthur. So it's, it's stories oh, like man. that. Yeah. Wait, so what what did you do to get, get to be her host? What so sort of? My friend Ellen Marsh was the, the president of the Musical Theater Society. And so she, basically I was like interning on the local morning radio show. So I had like some celebrity experience. And so they were, and Ellen was kind of like, you would love this. You can like be with B. Arthur all weekend. I was like, oh my God, yes. Um, and from like the set, I will just like never forget it. We showed up to the airport. This was before 9-11. So you could like go wait at the gate. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting at the gate with mm-hmm. these like massive, like two dozen roses. <laughs> B. Arthur gets off the <laughs> plane She's a hundred million years old. She she's obviously like a, a cross country flight is hard no matter yeah. like if you're in first class or not. And she got off the flight. It was seven o'clock at night, and I was like, "Oh, Miss Arthur, my name is Patrick. I'm you know I'm your host for the weekend." And she looks down at my arm load of flowers, and she goes, "Who are those for?" The very first thing she said, "Who are those for?" I was like, "Oh, they're for you." And she goes, "No, they're not." <laughs> <laughs> oh no like she just what? did not want any attention what'd you do with them like, whatsoever we threw them away i was like <laughs> um 
I my brought my sister with me, and she like took them and threw them away in the garbage. We then went to we were in the limo driving to the hotel. And B was like, I'm hungry. Let's find a place to eat. We were, anybody who knows Boston, Corinne, you'll probably know this, the Pizzeria Uno in Kenmore Square. Oh, yeah. We we were driving past that. And she's like, do they have food there? I was like, yes. We get, we wrangle her out of the vehicle. <laughs> and we get in. They seat us right away. She orders two double absolute citrons neat. So basically like a pint glass. <gasps> Of warm alcohol, of like warm vodka, no, and like just no ice. Chugs it like water. Yeah, no ice. Ew. And just chugs it like water. And that was how the weekend started. So, did she get any food, or was it just that? As far as I remember, I think she ordered food, but like didn't eat any of it. It was it like, was it was an yeah, excuse was, to get her vodka. <laughs> exactly, and all she Jeez. her favorite word is the c word. She says it. Oh. She called me it a hundred times. She loves that word. <laughs> It was wild. Wow. Okay, this is such a tangent, but you were talking about musical theater and... Oh, yeah. Okay, two-part question. One, do you believe in Bigfoot? I only believe in Bigfoot. Okay, great. I 100% believe in Bigfoot. Okay, we're going to send you one of our shirts that that says, Bigfoot is my boyfriend. And it has (laughs) Bigfoot's hand and and a human's hand. Okay, question number two. And the the context is Corinne and I, yes, Corinne loves Bigfoot. I love Bigfoot, Same. but Corinne is like, I, you know, she's getting married in May, but it, Bigfoot might come in and object. It's yeah. an inappropriate fascination. Yes. Bigfoot so, is your hall pass for sure. Exactly. A thousand percent. <laughs> so yeah. we, and it's all simulation. So who even cares? Yeah, who cares? So who cares? Right. <laughs> so cares? we've, we've, we, it started out as a joke, but it was a very serious joke that we want to do a musical about Bigfoot. So I'm recruiting you. Would you like to help us in this creation of Bigfoot, the musical? 100 (laughs) Bigfoot, the musical sign me the fuck (laughs) up. I, Oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, great. Well, you're the Broadway star. You yes. already have all of the experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I I would be that that sounds incredible. I am obsessed with Bigfoot. Great. Us too. Oh, it's just such a guilty pleasure watching all of those finding Sasquatch and Oh all my of those god. Shows. Me, I know. Did you ever watch back in the day there was a um an old documentary called The Legend of Boggy Creek? Yes. No. Yes. They remade Wait, Sabrina, it. Have- well, I was going to cover re- this. For oh, the yeah? podcast, and so I watched it. Yeah, yeah, like the old one. Yes, from like the, the old one. 70- yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy! It's wild. It's, yeah, Corinne, you gotta I, watch like it. The beginning of my obsession with Bigfoot. I, it takes place okay. in Texarkana, and I'm obsessed. Yeah. Wait, you should watch the Bridgewater Triangle documentary if you haven't Somebody already. Somebody was just telling me about that. It's on. I think it's on Amazon Prime. And that's in and Massachusetts, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's in, yeah, the, the South Shore in the Hockamock Swamp. Oh, my it God. Supposedly has big, big foots, big feet. I don't know. <laughs> but you definitely should watch that because there's so much there, like pterodactyls and aliens. See, that's, big, that's where we should all get a cabin. Next. Yes. That's the next stop. <laughs> Snack tab in the yes. middle. Yes. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yes, yes, yes! I'm in. Uh, <laughs> you gotta yeah, add that. Add that stop to your book tour. Exactly. So that's that's what I've been doing and will be doing through the summer. Is this? I'm calling it Patrick's um, Patrick's traveling book party, which Fun. is basically like I yeah I've gone to like ten cities already. I'm doing another ten, 
And um, I, I'm so the chapter of the book that I'm reading is called Small Part Big Actor, which is just it's all about like my high school drama club days when I was not cast as the lead in Bye Bye Birdie. Um, <laughs> and like the, the drama, I can that, like, yeah, and it's a really sweet chapter because then it flashes back to the summer before where I went to this like this like summer theater program where I met this boy that I like fell in love with Aww. and we we're doing a Vita at the same time, which was totally inappropriate. And I was miscast <laughs> as Juan Peron. So it's very funny and it's it's been and I we and I like that was 1996 that I did that production of Avita and I had a, a VHS tape of it that we converted no to way. digital. So I have this like whole slideshow full of like pictures of me from the time and <laughs> video from me doing oh Avita in 1996. I know that it's is wild. so perfect. I Thank feel like you. that's going to get really, leaked. Really funny show. The whole the whole thing yeah. is going to get leaked. <laughs> It's wild. Like when I come out for my big first scene, my suit is all Miss Button. <laughs> and I'm playing Avita's husband, and the director had been really clear that he wanted there to be like real sexual chemistry between me and the woman playing, the girl playing Avita. And I was like this just out of the closet, chubby, pimply gay kid. And she, like, it was a disaster. And you're also a, a child. Yeah. Right? So I mean, like- Where's the sexual tension? And you're like, honest to God, like it was so inappropriate. And yeah, I mean, it's just like, the funny thing is there's a a girl in the chapter. Her name is Rochelle Lefebvre, who did this production of uh, Avita with us, who went on to star like in the Twilight movie franchise. Oh, no way. She played Victoria. I know. Oh my gosh. I know. Wait, that's huge. It's huge. And it's funny because she was up for Avita. So I have all these pictures of her from like back in the day. It's just like a really fun, funny show. I'm like loving doing it. It's been so fun all over the country. Oh, good. We're so excited to read it. This has got to be the best book tour ever. Yeah. It sounds so fun. I know, and I can't wait for the book to come out. I'm going to do it all again when the book is out. And I, I, there's so many different chapters that like lend themselves to this kind of storytelling. Yeah. So I'm just going to like be on tour for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, why we're, not? We're definitely going to And then come. book two. Yes, exactly. And then Bigfoot the musical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are hoping to. We did a little mini tour back yeah. in 2019, and then the pandemic happened, and then we just never planned one again. But this yeah. is our year. We keep saying. Oh, yeah. good. This is. Yeah, this is the year. So, oh, good. we'll let you know when we when we're headed to New York. Please do. Mm-hmm. I'll be there with bells on. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You can bring your kid, and she can uh, sell fans. She'll sell fans. <laughs> Hashtag fans for crowd. fans. The the funniest thing about that is that when she the very first night she did it was at the opening night for the book party tour, and you know all the listeners know Daisy. She's like a part of the whole thing. So she's there and she like folded this, she took this piece of construction paper and folded it into a fan and walked up to the very first person to arrive and handed it to her. And the lady goes, oh, thanks, Daisy. And Daisy sticks out her hand and goes, may I have a dollar, please? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, props to her. She's a little businesswoman. I know. Already, she is. Less about selling fans and more about extorting the listeners. You know, I respect it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you got to like the hustle, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's all a part of the game of the simulation that we're living. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Forging our own paths. Exactly. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us and for yeah, telling us can, all of your ghost stories. And we cannot wait thank for your you book so much. to participate in your book tour and then to read your yeah, book where and then can, to read your second book. Where can people buy it, pre-order it? What's the... Yeah, yeah. So, 
the my website the book is called Failure is Not Not an Option. So the website is called Patrick Fails. So it's patrickfails.com. <laughs> but you can also like barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com. You can you know, you can like just google it, you'll find it anywhere. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to say to you two, congratulations. I have loved watching your show grow from this like small passion Aww. project to this like top of the fucking charts like blockbuster podcast that you guys have now. Oh my god. Congra- <laughs> I know. You're going to make listen, me cry. I know. <laughs> I know I'm blushing. We're huge I fans of yours, so hearing that uh, is so so sweet. It's amazing watching like other podcasters succeed is my favorite favorite yeah. favorite thing. And I just remember being like when I when your show came out a couple years ago, being like, "This is such a great idea." And I listened to a couple episodes. I was like, "Oh my god, they're so fun!" And it was a small show. And then like I, you know, because of what I do for a living, I'm always checking the charts. And I was like watching your show just like climb and climb and climb. And then one day I was like, "Oh my god, they're like in the top fifteen! Like this is incredible!" I'm so so happy for you. Guys. Oh, thank you, Patrick. That's so thank kind you, of you. To say that means everything my, yeah my pleasure keep it up yeah well thank you so much for joining us uh we're looking forward to reading your book and also planning bigfoot the musical and oh, uh god i can't wait for that <laughs> figuring out the answers to the universe we'll probably see you in another life but hopefully before yeah. then <laughs> yeah totally thanks for having me you guys yeah thank you you're welcome very spooky 